Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thank you ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. Plenty coming up in today's episode for you. And first, on Friday, July the 2nd, bosses at Margate's Dreamland say they'll be searching fans coming along to watch England's Euro 2020 quarterfinal on the giant screen there more thoroughly. Tables and benches were overturned and some supporters stormed the stage with flares following the final whistle of the match against Germany on Tuesday. Some of the troublemakers have been identified and now won't be allowed in to watch the match against Ukraine. Our colleagues at KMTV have been speaking to Michael Clapham, who's the promoter of the Dreamland Summer Social. So we've spoken um, this week with the local police and uh, Kent County Council. Uh, We're in close discussions with them about how best to mitigate any possible further sort of disruption to the good times that, that the majority of people are having. Um, we have identified some of the trouble causes as they've been at a few of the games. They've not quite been as boisterous as they were on Tuesday, uh, but we will be refusing certain people entry. We've got them on camera. We've got them on. Uh, we've got pictures of them. Um, so we will be refusing certain people entry. We, we, we've notified customers of that. So they're welcome to get a refund. Uh, we just ask that they go and enjoy the game somewhere else. Uh, we've got a bit more of a stringent search policy. Um, so when, when you come in, you will be searched quite thoroughly. Your bag will be searched. Uh, we don't want any sort of flares or any, anything else getting in. Um, and we are identifying each member of each table. You have to show us your ID. So we will take everyone's ID, the lead booker uh, of, of, the, of each table that's booked. Um, they'll be asked to show ID and then, uh, it, of course, any, any trouble and they will be easily identified and everyone will be made aware of that. So really, you know, it should be it should be a good time. It should be a good atmosphere. Um, I think people are kind of expecting an England win this time. So hopefully that sort of uh, the good vibes will carry on through to Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And what's your message to fans who may have a ticket to tomorrow's game? You know, like you said, it's a, it's a man, seems like a minority, but you know, have have made for sort of bad press, as it were. Um, what are your fans to people? What what is your message to people coming tomorrow? You know, not to ruin it for everybody else. Well, I think you, you you've hit the nail on the head there with the word minority. We've got nearly a thousand people in there. You know, all, a lot of eyes are on us. We're a we're a big event, um, and it's you know one of the first opportunities for people to come together and sort of celebrate football. And with England doing so well, there's a lot of excitement, and we don't want that spoiled. As I say, we've identified who it is, and we want uh, you know well-behaved, decent members uh, of our audience to come down and still enjoy it. We really are taking it seriously. We you know we're, we're saying that. We're no different to any other sort of fan zone across the country on, on Tuesday. There was a lot of it around the country of people uh, going maybe a bit OTT with the celebrations. But we are taking it very seriously and we are taking really stringent measures to make sure that everyone who attends can do so safely. And with fans gathering tomorrow, there are also fears it could lead to a rise in COVID cases. Figures released earlier in the week showed 2,000 Scotland fans had tested positive after their game with England at Wembley. While pubs and areas with large screens are again expected to be booked out, Strew GP Dr Julian Spinks is slightly concerned. I think it's a real worry because Mm. two-thirds of them were actually at the stadium. 
So um, there's a good chance they may have caught it around then. Much smaller numbers at some of the venues outdoors. Um, but, yeah, it is a concern. I think we do need to revisit it, whether we need to be doing more testing afterwards to pick up those people as well. Did it shock you? 2,000. I mean, obviously, it's a small group of away fans, but this, the whole point of the pilot is to test how many people caught COVID. They said, well, it's, it's safe to go ahead. And yet... 2,000 cases from Scotland fans. I think some of the other events like snooker and so on, you mm. don't see the mass crowds in the pubs afterwards mm. and so on. Whereas football is a tradition of pre-match and after-match of having a drink with your friends and getting together. And I think that's where the social mixing's worse. Tomorrow's game against Ukraine takes place in Rome with kickoff at 8pm. And one to be aware of if you are heading out to watch the football, there's actually a warning of thunderstorms in North and West Kent. A yellow alert is due to come into force at 6 tomorrow morning and will last right through until Sunday. Forecasters say the downpours could lead to some flooding. Kent Online News. We've got more reaction now to a story we briefly mentioned yesterday but wanted to get more comment on. Figures have revealed nearly 6,000 people have made the dangerous journey across the Channel to Kent in small boats so far this year. More than 2,000 crossings happened in June alone, three times the number in the same month last year. We've been speaking to Bridget Chapman, who's from the Kent Refugee Action Network. We're not surprised by this news at all. I think it's really important that people understand the overall numbers of people seeking asylum are down year on year. But the fact is other routes have been made unviable and people, whether we like it or not, are entitled to come here to make their asylum claim. And they are going to make this crossing. So it's a question of how we deal with it. Um, and we would say that the, the response that Priti Patel has, has made in making it much, much more difficult um, is simply exacerbating the issue. We need to take a 180 degree turn and look at ways of facilitating people to make this journey safely. That could include increased number of routes available via resettlement. It could include issuing humanitarian visas. At the moment, there is no way to apply for asylum from outside the UK. The only way to apply for asylum is to get to the UK via regular means. And that is means such as taking a dinghy. Um, if we are serious about taking people out of the hands of people smugglers and ensuring that nobody is risking their lives, making an extremely dangerous journey across the channel, then we have to find a different, better way of looking at this. I cannot emphasize enough how much of an asset the people arriving are to our communities. I've been working with CRAN for six years people who were 16 when I first arrived are now 22. Uh, I'm working with young people who work in NHS wards, in vaccination centres, in care homes, who are on the COVID front line and they contribute an enormous amount at every level in our communities. So rather than seeing this as a problem that has to be solved, we need to see it uh, as a responsibility and we need to do our share. Nobody's asking for us to do any more than that, just our share. The details on the number of crossings comes despite Home Secretary Priti Patel's pledge to make the route unviable. But a statement from the Home Office says the crossings are completely unacceptable and it has redoubled efforts with French authorities. Meantime, it's thought a former army barracks in Folkestone may be used by the government to house asylum seekers for another couple of years. Lawyers have told a parliamentary inquiry they've heard Napier Barracks could continue to accommodate refugees beyond September. The Home Office took over the site last year.
Some news from court now and a convicted rapist from Chatham has avoided being sent back to prison despite breaching a court order for the fourth time. Wayne Adams was given 12 years for attacking and trying to strangle a teenager in Raynham in 1996. The 52-year-old from Boundary Road admitted not sticking to rules designed to allow police to monitor where he lives. He got a suspended sentence and fine. Parents are having to wade through water to drop their children at a primary school near Dartford. A problem with the drains has caused Gorsewood Road in Longfield to flood, but there's a dispute over who's responsible for sorting it. Langerfell Primary is on the unadopted road and staff say residents aren't keen to pay out for repairs. You can see pictures at Kent Online. Two men have been arrested on the M25 in Essex in connection with a break-in at a shop 60 miles away in Tenterden. The owner of the designer store says she's been forced to step up security after its sister shop was targeted just days earlier. The 43 and 26-year-olds from London have been bailed after being held on suspicion of burglary. Kent Online reports. Now, a Kent food bank is predicting a surge in new people needing their help as the rules over the government furlough scheme change. The grants have been available since March last year to help businesses survive the pandemic, but firms are now expected to contribute. It's feared that could lead to more job losses. Lorraine Schultz is project manager at the Medway Food Bank and says they've already seen a huge increase in numbers. So we've supported um, over 12,400 people in the last year, which is about a 60% increase on our figures from 2019. So really, you know, sad to see so many people needing it extra support. We've had lots of calls from people who've never used a food bank before, they've never been on benefits before, um, and life is just very difficult for them. Um, And a lot of that has been due to the loss of employment. The furlough scheme has obviously enormously helped people, so we're extremely worried about this next step. Coronavirus cases have risen across Kent, but hospital admissions remain much lower than previous waves of the virus. In the seven days to June the 26th, Canterbury, Maidstone and Tunbridge and Morling had the highest infection rates, with each area having more than 100 cases per 100,000 people. Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells NHS Trust is currently treating three COVID patients, while Medway have two. After Gap became the latest big-name store to announce it was disappearing from our high streets, we've been asking if they will ever bounce back after the pandemic. A Twitter poll has found 73% of you in Kent don't think our town centres will recover, and just 27% do. Well, the issue was discussed on The Lowdown on our Facebook Live last night. Fanit Virtual High Street founder Karen Brinkman was one of the guests. Habits have changed, have changed over the pandemic. People have changed how they're shopping. They've got used to doing things online. And that's where um, Fanic Virtual High Street supported those businesses during lockdown to give them a platform to um, keep their profile going. But also coming out of lockdown to give small businesses an opportunity to tempt people back into their shops So um, it's going to be a combination, I think, of local businesses being able to use online and footfall to the high street as well. So it's not a surprise, but it is a shame. It is a shame because by having those big names in the high street, it does tempt people to discover the smaller businesses within our local communities. Fortunately, the Twitter audience did decide the highest percentage was the percentage that thought they wouldn't bounce back. I mean, that's quite a pessimistic look at 
the situation we're in right now, and I suggest that perhaps that's because of how difficult COVID-19 has been and how unprecedented the situation is. I mean, how do we get, I mean, Karen, how do we get past that pessimism that, that obviously a lot of people are feeling right now about high streets and town centres? There's some really great ideas going on within the local communities. So um, Margate, for instance, they have just started. This Friday is their first um, first Friday um, celebration. So every month on the first Friday, they're encouraging some shops to stay open later. They've got um, restaurants and bars that are encouraging entertainment. So it's going to be bringing people from the community to discover um, those shops and, and um, restaurants. The thing is, people have, have moved to Margate, for example, during lockdown, and they haven't really got to know the real community spirit. So they've actually decided to do something to embrace um, the community, get people to come down, see what's going on. And I think it's things that other towns and villages can actually adopt. For example, we could have Westgate Wednesdays or wind down for the weekend in Westgate. There's so many things that you could do to encourage people to actually come and discover what's actually on their doorstep. So the restaurants and bars that have actually seen quite a good footfall since we've opened up a little bit but the shops haven't so maybe by staying open a little bit later the restaurants and bars could promote um, the shops that are staying open and just like when you're on holiday and you think oh I'll have a little look around the town whilst I'm out going for a drink or going for something to eat it's going to embrace that community spirit. People living in parts of Thanet are demanding something is done about litter that's been dragged around the streets by seagulls. At Kent Online, you can see pictures of the rubbish in Cliftonville, where residents say there aren't enough bins large enough to cope. They say the situation is worse than ever. We've asked Thanet Council for a response. Kent Online's secret drinker has been to the county's smallest pub. The Little Gem in Aylesford has just reopened after being closed for the past 10 years. You can see pictures and read his review on the website. Ed Sheeran has been chatting to our sister radio station KMFM. He's back with new music, Bad Habits, and was on breakfast with Gary and Laura earlier. I didn't have any song that would shock people. I feel like Shape of You when I came out with it. When when Shape of You came out, everyone was like, oh, God, this is different. I don't know what we yeah. think about this. And the same with the same with Sing for, for Multiply as well. And it's always good to start a campaign with a song that gets people talking. I mean, like, like it or hate it, people are talking about this song. And it's because it's a different sonic that I've done before. You can watch the full chat at kentonline.co.uk. And tickets have gone on sale if you want to see Kaiser Chiefs performing Kent this autumn. They'll play at Dreamland's scenic stage in Margate on September the 5th. Kent Online Sport. Tennis first and Kent teenager Emma Reducanu is through to the third round at Wimbledon. The 18-year-old from Bromley is in the tournament as a wild card and beat French Open finalist Marquetta von Drusova in straight sets last night. It was only her second ever Grand Slam match and she spoke afterwards. Playing in front of a home crowd definitely helps. I mean, their support is so loud and they're so behind me and I'm really grateful. So I'm, I've definitely got that in the back of my mind. And also I was just thinking, you know, to, to play every point, like it was my last point, like it was match point and it was my last point here at Wimbledon. So I think that also is a trick that I've been playing with myself. <laughs> I haven't actually opened my phone yet since the match. And I'm really grateful for all the messages that I've been receiving 
Um, I'm sorry if I can't reply to all of them right now, but I just know that I'm really, really grateful and appreciative about them all. And I and it definitely helps like when I have some downtime and I start scrolling and reading like all their positive messages, it just gives me such a great feeling that I've got this many people behind me. So I'm I'm really, really grateful for everyone's support. Emma plays Romania's Sarana Sestea tomorrow. And in cricket, Kent are back in T20 blast action tonight. The Spitfires are second in the South Group after 10 games and take on Surrey at Canterbury from seven. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to all KM Group newspapers by subscribing to the IM News app. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.